Welcome. Welcome to the Louis Bellina Show, presented by BB Automotive and Superior Auto Service. This is, of course, the Wednesday edition. Today, between now and one o'clock, at 11.30, we have a listen in, Aggie football players from, well, Monday's Media Day. We do it Tuesday. Sometimes there's another player we get to on Wednesday. We will listen to what Layden Robinson had to say. He was a part of Aggie football Media Day on Monday. 12.30, we'll head out to the Smoothie King Hotline, Alan Ward of Brigadoon Brewery. He's our beer master general. We talk beer, craft beer, the making, tasting, business of everything, all things beer. 12.30, Alan Ward of Brigadoon Brewery. Today is a day of winning. Each hour, I have a gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue, the home of the Big Chop. I'll share a quick story with you. I don't think it'll change your life, but Sunday, I came up here Sunday morning to the radio station, woke up, quick shower, and there's just things I wanted to do. I have a promise to myself. I will never start the work week behind. So if there's things left over, I come up here, Brian Broadcasting Building, fifth floor, the beautiful Charles Schwab studio and my office, and I'll at least catch up. Sometimes I love to get ahead, but I don't want to overexert myself on a Sunday. We're supposed to rest, right? So I came up here Sunday, put in about four hours, maybe a little more. And when I got done, I said, I want to treat myself. Had the Alabama Saturday, which is a 13-hour day. And that's after the five hours of Monday through Friday. And then Sunday, put in another four, four and a half hour to catch up and get one step ahead. So I wanted to treat myself. And I just wanted a pork chop and Cooper's. Every time I think pork chop, it's Cooper's. So after I got done finishing my six and a half day work week and I wanted to treat myself, I drove to Cooper's, got the big, and I mean the biggest pork chop they had. I got the ranch potatoes for the side, love the free pinto beans, and just treated myself. That was lunch. <laughs> oh. I love me that Cooper's pork chop. So today, each hour, a gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue. And it is the home of the big chop. Just pure pork flavor pork chop. Love it. Today's also, well, Wednesday, but you know that. And each Wednesday and Monday, I give away vouchers to the Texas Renaissance Festival. Huzzah! And that's all thanks to Bud Light. So today, I give away a pair, two pair to be exact, and it's all thanks to Bud Light. I'm a big fan of the Texas Renaissance Festival. I'm a big fan of the Bud Light guys. Great combination, eh? So listen in if you want to go to the Texas Renaissance Festival this season and talk about like, is it serendipity or synchronicity of? I'll let you figure it out. Those are big words. But Brigadoon Brewery where Alan Ward will join me at 1230. He's the head brewmaster out there. He owns it. They're located on the grounds of the Texas Renaissance Festival, where today you're listening to win tickets to go out to RenFest, and you can visit Alan Ward and Brigadoon Brewery. Man! And those RenFest tickets are thanks to Bud Light. Now, at any time today, if you have a question, comment, or opinion about Aggie football, basketball, baseball, wine, whiskey, beer, Astros, Rangers, oh, it's going to happen in the ALCS, and it's going to be glorious. 
It could be TV, movie, streaming. Anything goes on the Louis Bellina Show, text me. Texting's popular. The kids do it. 979-693-1150. Program that number on your phone. You could text me at 979-693-1150. Once you hit send, I see all the messages inside the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. Texas Mobile One Lube Express owned by one of the nicest people I've ever met, Gabriel Garcia. We move forward today, Wednesday. We have talked Alabama. I know people wanted to move forward on Wednesday and people complaining on Tuesday. For a lot of Aggies, I think the way they're dealing with the Alabama game is to act like it didn't happen. Because now the Tennessee game is the defining game. I thought it was Alabama. Let's move the goalposts. I don't want to talk about Alabama. Let's talk about Tennessee. Denial. It's not a river in Egypt. But we are moving on today on the Louis Bellina Show. Last weekend, the 10 most watched games of the weekend. At number 10, I'm not going to tell you who. I don't care because it's irrelevant. But 2.27 million people watched the 10th most watched game. You realize we got like 50, 60 games uh, per weekend. And the 10th most was 2.27. The A&M Alabama game was 7.23 mil And it was the second most watched. There was a huge gap. To be clear, college football viewing is up like 12% from a year ago. And I've talked about this each week, how the numbers are up and they're up and they're up. Why are they up? Because the 11 a.m. slot is invested in. It started with Fox, their big noon kickoff show, and they claimed 11 o'clock is theirs. Because ESPN didn't. And Fox knew they didn't have the inventory to compete in primetime. ESPN has built a wall around that. They have two. Think about what goes on at primetime. ESPN has the ABC network slot slot with one of the top three games in the entire country. Then they have two ESPN games or SEC games like at five and then six or six and 645. But ESPN built a wall around primetime. So Fox went all in, you know, the Big Ten's best games at 11 a.m. And that's, it's worked. But then ESPN said, hold my beer. And Lee Corso said, not so fast. And now ESPN has an 11 on ESPN. And they've always had it. But the 11 and the ESPN network, SEC network 11. They have two slots there. And now they're using them. They want a chunk of the 11. So 11 o'clock's invested, and it's grown the viewing. People are tuning in for 11 o'clock games where there used to be one and one only, and it was Big Ten, and nobody cares about Big Ten football. But now there's three games at least at 11 because ESPN said, hey, we want a chunk of the pie, and that's helped grow the overall viewership. Back day in Alabama. 7.23 mil watching at 2 o'clock. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, and to be honest, I don't remember a couple of weeks ago, life moves fast. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I've got the wear of many years and beers on me. So a couple of weeks ago is a lifetime ago. But 7.23 mil. There was a number for a game we were talking about a couple of weeks ago that was 7.4. So AM's in the zip code. But remember, 7.4, AM was 7.23, was equivalent to an NBA final. Equivalent to a World Series. Like 10 times an NHL final. So A&M-Bama 
was in the area of pro game championship series games. It was in that area. And it was so, third place was Louisville Notre Dame at 5.12. So AM Bama was over 2 mil past third place, everything else going on. Now, OU Texas, 7.8, and it was an 11 o'clock game. That game lived up to a 7.87 million. I know it's Texas, boo, hiss, you know, Texas bite, Texas bite. And I, I get it. Anything Texas bad. But if you watched it, it was an epic college football game. There's people already begging for the Jerry World Big 12 title rematch. It was that good of a game. But Anabama, 7.23. Again, that rating in the zip code of NBA Finals, MLB World Series games. Smoke cleared from the weekend. We've got our new projections. According to the Palm, Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, he's really good at what he does. Uga, Texas, FSU, and Michigan will be the final four. The fact he still has Texas should make me burn down everything I've ever said about him, but that's his projections. The New Year Six, Washington, Tulane, UNC, Ohio State, Bama, Penn State, Oklahoma, USC. All he's saying is that a and, uh, Texas, the Longhorns, win the rematch in the Big 12 title, and OU's now gained enough respect. That will put Texas over the top into the Final Four and the college football playoff. A&M, by the way, of the four bowl projections, three have A&M in the Texas Bowl. One has A&M in the Gator Bowl, just so you'll know. The one, Mark Schlaubach, ESPN, has Duke and A&M in the Gator Bowl. Duke and A&M in the Gator Bowl. Banagura, he's the other ESPN bowl projector. Kansas State, A&M, Texas Bowl. I didn't tell you, but the Palm, the Gator Bowl opponent for Texas A&M was Oklahoma State. The other bowl projection, I even forget who it was, it doesn't matter, but they had Texas Bowl for Texas A&M too. For ESPN, their final four, Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, Washington. That would be exciting. There's just enough fresh by adding Washington and Florida State. Georgia, Michigan's been the past three years, but a Washington, Florida State adds fresh and dynamic. If you've watched Washington and Florida State, they're dynamic. Georgia would still be the favorite versus that entire field. Moving forward, A&M, Tennessee. Tennessee opened up at four. Three and a half and three. Currently, I believe it's three and a half. That is the zip code. Tennessee is the fave. We'll go at three and a half. Did you know SEC Nation is going to be there? Aggies, please do not get pissed when SEC Nation spends almost their entire time talking about Tennessee. SEC Nation spends almost their entire time talking about the host. Tennessee is the host. When SEC Nation was here, in College Station, Aggieland, when they were at Aggie Park, they talked about primarily, almost entirely, A&M. That's how it goes. So please, don't lose your mind when, why do they favor Tennessee? Why do they hate us? Because they're at Tennessee. Tennessee's the host. That's why they're going to talk a lot of Tennessee. They already did their A&M promo when they were here. So please don't lose your minds. A&M, Tennessee. I've been asked 20 times. 
per day. Who do I think is going to win? And I think A&M's going to beat Tennessee. I thought so in August. I don't think the Tennessee team's real. I never have. They've played nobody. Their entire schedule, record, number, stats are built on a house of lies. They don't throw the ball. They're the number seven rushing offense in the country. Built against nobody. And do you really think that somebody's going to run on this A&M team? I will say, especially Alabama can't run on A&M. You think Tennessee's going to run on A&M. I'm just asking for a friend here. That's not going to happen. Tennessee, their best win, and I want you to wait for it, was against Florida. Now, I took the CBS Sports 1-133. to Because Tennessee does not have a top 25 win. I'm sorry. They lost to Florida. I need to see. That's the thing. I move too fast and my brain cramps up. Their highest ranked opponent is Florida. They lost to Florida. Florida is awful. Florida, I'm not exaggerating. They're bad to really bad, but they're not even a C. I mean, Florida's really bad, and they lost to Florida. So the only opponent they played that was sub-40, they lost to. And they lost to a team that commits double-digit penalties. They lost to a team that has no offense. I want you to think about that. They beat number 117, Virginia. They beat number 76, UTSA. Ooh, they doubled up number 48, South Carolina, that might have the worst offensive line in the SEC. So this number seven rushing attack in the country was built against who and what? I said it in August. I'm saying it now that we've hit October. Let me look at my calendar. Today is the 11th. Tennessee's not a bad team. So again, The key is to never go too far in one extreme. But they're not good. They've built their numbers, their record, everything. They've built it against nobody. Again, they lost against the only sub-40, and that was uh, Florida at 34. And I'll argue they're not 34. If Florida is the 34th best team in the country, this is the worst year in the history of college football if they're 34. That's a sign of the college football apocalypse if you're telling me Florida is the 34th best team. And if they are, they might be. Again, that's how bad college football is this year. We already know the SEC is down. The Big 12 is down. It looks like the ACC is down. If everybody's down, who's up? Right? And Tennessee really can't throw the ball because they have a quarterback who's inconsistent to just not good enough. So you got a team that's got to run the ball going against a team that you will not run the ball against. Fact. If you're telling me the AM defense comes out and has its worst day of the year, sure, Tennessee can win. But when you have to project and predict, you can't go, oh, they're going to have their worst day of the year. That's just, that's based on nothing. A&M beats Tennessee. There are wild card variables. When we come back, I'm going to throw out the wild cards. 
But on paper, looking at the quality of who, how your record and resume comes about, A&M beats Tennessee. The Tennessee strength goes against A&M strength. And A&M strength is sure in the hell a lot more battle-tested. I mean, just going against Auburn, which is a mutt team, Auburn runs the ball. They ran it on Georgia, and A&M shut that down. And Tennessee hasn't tested their running game against anybody on the level to give me a true or false result. But A&M's run D has been tested. They went against Alabama and Auburn in the run game. So between the Tennessee run game and the A&M run D, I know which one's passed. I do have to take a timeout, though. We'll come back. We'll continue this discussion. Don't forget, you can text 979-693-1150. This is the Louis Bolina Show. I'm live inside the Charles Schwab studio Wednesday. The Louis Bolina Show. We don't get to hear Zepp. I mean, not Zepp. We don't get to hear Stairway to Heaven, but maybe once a month. Because it's all Led Zeppelin Wednesday. The gods of thunder reign supreme. You know, the Louis Bolina show is like 23 years old now. And all Led Zeppelin Wednesday was a part of it for like the first 15 years. I took a little bit of a break. After 15 years, we brought it back this year because it's Led freaking Zeppelin. That's why. And uh, Stairway is so definitive that sometimes it became cliched for people. And then I remembered it's it's epic for a reason. It's not cliched. That's a you problem, not a me problem. And we went back to Zeppelin and everything. And I know some of the younger, I don't get it. And I'm like, again, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Welcome back. Louis Bolina show, a rambling Wednesday rolls on. It's also Texas Renfest. Wednesday. That's thanks to Bud Light. I got two pair of tickets to give away. Listen in. I'll throw up the bat signal. Actually, I know what we're going to do. Listen carefully. I have a text message question. Your response, your text, will be your entry registry. We'll draw two people at one o'clock randomly and we'll give away two pair today. Every Wednesday, all Renfest season, we give away two pair of tickets. Well, no, not tickets. It's two pair of vouchers. They're vouchers. You go online, you then get your tickets. You take the vouchers, go online, boom, pick your day and all that, and you'll get tickets later. But every Wednesday, we give away two pair of vouchers to the Texas Renaissance Festival, thanks to Bud Light. We are at the midseason mark. We're six games into a 12-game schedule. Even I could do that math, and I'm bad at math. Who is the AM MVP? Six games in, halfway mark. Did you realize that? Six games in. Who is the AM football MVP? If you want to do each side of the ball, the one true MVP, your call. Who is the Aggie football MVP? Text 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150. Aggie football MVP at the halfway mark. That's your registration to win a pair of vouchers to the Texas Renaissance Festival thanks to Bud Light. Light up the Texas Mobile One Loop Express inbox. I'll be watching. Our early text messages, Owen and College Station, I don't believe in Durkin, do you? Here's what I'll say. Durkin sure took a long time to figure it out. I don't know if Jimbo ordered him to never rush three again. 
it was funny that in the Alabama game, the only first half touchdown was a three-man rush. The one thing that he stopped doing and magically everything changed. I wanted Dirk and gone after the Miami game. That was one of the worst called games you could imagine. And most of the games last year made no sense. But ever since hitting rock bottom, the defense has turned around. Now, the secondary breakdowns, the lack of communication, the broken coverages, is that Durkin, is that poor training by their position coaches. If you can break down that riddle, I can give you a better Durkin. Because if it's schematic, obviously you want Durkin gone. If it's poor development, but how could every DB? You realize that was the thing. DeBerry got the focal point of getting burned by Burton. And he did. But they all had their turn of being taken by Burton. They all did. And that's what was shocking. And they all have broken coverages. Damani's regressed this year. How has Damani regressed this year? Nothing, I'm, I, I use this phrase way too often but because it's true, but nothing about the secondary actually makes sense. If we could say it was one person, you could say it's that close. How has Chappelle regressed? I mean, the answer is because when you have one completely broken part, it makes the hole weaker. But think about it. You've got a secondary that can't play man or zone. I didn't know that was possible, that you can't play any. And they can't. Is it scheme? I mean, Durkin's scheme. I mean, how can you have a... There's no such thing as a scheme, is there, that makes a secondary look like that? That's just... I've never heard of it. Anyway, moving on, please, because my head just hurt trying to go with that concept. A&M, on paper, matchup-wise, should probably beat Tennessee by two scores. The problem is A&M has none of the intangibles on their side. What does that even mean, Lou? Uh, Tennessee's won like 11 straight on the road. A&M's lost their 11, uh, seven straight, their last seven true road games. A&M's an awful road team. Has been under Jimbo. Half the time they look like they didn't even know they had a road game. Jimbo's one of the few coaches in America where they fly out a day early and it doesn't seem to work and he doesn't want to adjust. Because remember, Jimbo doesn't adjust. One of his stubborn traits. It doesn't seem to work, but he still does it. Um, again, Tennessee's won like 11 straight at home. They're a phenomenal home team. A&M's a nightmare road team. I think the only team I know of that's worse on the road is Florida. Florida's lost like 15 of 17. They've won like one total in the Napier era. I mean, Florida's a worse road team than A&M, but A&M's an awful road team. That's an X factor. See, that has nothing to do with players and X's and O's. It's just true. Uh, TLC is the ultimate measurement. If you know Dave Bartu, if you believe in the college football matrix, and I do, and I do, you can boil down everything. Forget the stars and blue chip ratio and efficiency and rating. Talent, location, and coaching. AM gets the check mark on talent. The game's in Knoxville, check mark Tennessee. And on coaching, you've got 
to give it to Josh Heupel, who does more with less. He has less talent, and they've accomplished more. So two out of three check marks go to the volunteers. So on paper, everything's A&M. They have more talent. Eight out of ten games, more talent. The matchup, A&M so wins when it's strength on strength. And A&M's offense, here's where we have to be careful. It is frustrating. They do things that are too obvious, and then they do things that make no sense. They don't finish drives, but they move the ball. They're not doing three and outs. They are getting points on the board, even if it's too many field goals. A&M's defense run is so tested with Auburn and Alabama alone. Tennessee, I just said, their toughest test, sub-40, was Florida 34, and they lost to Florida. So everything, and we go, paper, real, players, talent, games, is A&M. But a is an awful road team. Tennessee's a great home team. TLC says Tennessee. These things can't be, be denied. A&M should win by two scores, yet Tennessee is favored by three and a half. All these things are real. 979-693-1150. My question of the day, which if you text, you automatically become registered to win a pair of vouchers to the Texas Renaissance Festival thanks to Bud Light. Who is the halfway mark MVP for Aggie football? Six games in. Now, Matt and Brian, said Lou, that's you. I still think this team can go 10-2. and two. It's possible. I had them at 9-3 and three in the preseason. And I'm telling you, I might get every game right that I picked for 9-3. and Because I said they lose to Bama, Ole Miss, and LSU. They're, I think they're going to beat Tennessee. I picked them. And I think it has nothing to do with their destiny. I don't think this game... Here's the narrative. Let me read what Matt said. I will consider this season a failure because of what it should have been, even at 10-2. and two. A lot of people talking about AM is more skilled than Tennessee. The one place I think we don't is corner versus wideouts. Tennessee does not have their usual NFL wideouts. They don't really have great wideouts. It doesn't, it's not an advantage for them. But I know there's a narrative that beating Tennessee will set the trajectory. That's the word I heard a lot. Um, people texting me, Colin show. If you're wondering what I always say about people and stuff, there's a universe inside the Texas mobile one loop express inbox. There's a universe with the Colin show. I have friends. Tennessee won't. I think the mismatch is so in favor of A&M because A&M's run D. I don't think Tennessee sets the trajectory for the rest of the season at all. I think Ole Miss is the most unique matchup of the year for A&M. And I think LSU's offense is it AM's defense is real and I love them. Yes, secondary and all. But they have two offensive, just bizarro ma- matches ahead. Dusty and I argue about Ole Miss every day, to be fair with you. He thinks that if Ole Miss cannot run, it all falls apart. And no one runs on AM, therefore he believes that the Ole Miss will be exposed. Kiffin, normally, Jimbo has an edge on Saban. 
Kiffin has an edge on Jimbo. Ole Miss somehow has an edge on A&M. Don't get it. Don't understand it. It's a mystery, but it's true. And going to Baton Rouge, that's a road game. See, and that's the other thing. Every game we're talking about is road, and A&M's awful on the road, and it has something to do with the process and the prep for A&M on the road. It's not just the players and the coaches, because it's bigger than that. Let's take a break. Who deserves a break today? We all do. I'll be back. It's the Louis Bellina Show. You know that, right? And I'm live inside the Charles Schwab studio. Mark Sim is our local Charles Schwab guy. He's right here in College Station. And if we're talking about our money, our future, our money, period. I, I like someone I can look in the eye and shake their hand and sit down in their office. I don't want phone trees and call centers across the world, but people who don't know anything about money, but they can read off a list. No, I, I want someone where, again, shake his hand. Mark Sims right here in College Station. Yep, Schwab. Who knew? Local. Mark is. Look him up online, schwab.com slash College Station. The Louis Bellina Show. I'm, I'm the Louis Bellina part of that. And Wednesdays, you know, we hook people up with two pair. Well, I mean, you can win one pair, but I give away one pair twice. Uh, of vouchers to the Texas Renaissance Festival. Thanks to Bud Light. And today... I'm accepting your text messages. Who is the halfway mark? Six games into a 12-game season. The halfway mark MVP for Aggie football. Text me and you're registered. And look, you might not want the tickets. That's fine. Just text if you have an opinion to share on the halfway mark MVP for Aggie football. 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150. 1150. I have about three different names that keep popping up in my head. That's what's fascinating to me. 979-693-1150. You can light up the Texas Mobile One Lube Express inbox. Texas Mobile One Lube Express, owned by Gabriel Garcia. A lot of different names have been popping up so far. That's part of what's exciting for me watching Aggie football this year. So many players have risen up. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. You know, you can go back. I always go back to August. You know, we spent how many months prepping those thoughts and ideas? If, 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 if. A lot of things have broken right for Aggie football this year. Even the offensive line's improved. But that's the key. They improved to a C grade. And I kept saying, I thought they were Aggie football would go 9-3 and three, and you needed a C grade to go 9-3. and three, But... People want to beat Alabama and people want to win 10 games in the SEC West. And you need more than a C grade for that. And to go from five wins and an F grade to like a B grade and 11 and 12 wins to win the West. That's a big leap in one year. Big leap. Time now. Our listening Aggie football players. Layden Robinson yesterday. He was uh, yesterday. Man, I'm just, you got to understand something. I'm in the middle of an Astros playoff run and the potential of facing the Rangers who clinched last night in the ALCS. I'm still trying to deal with the Alabama loss. There's a lot going on in the world right now, okay? So years, beers, emotions, it's rough out there. Here is Layden Robinson from Aggie Football Media Day on Monday. Howdy, Layden. Howdy. Uh, so how do you how do you bounce back mentally after you know 
all the hype and everything. I, I know that you guys talk about it's just the next game, but mm -hmm. it's it's got to be tough in the locker room after after a close loss to Alabama. How how do you flip the page and and get ready for Tennessee? You flip the pages by getting back to work the next week. It is a tough loss, especially after you've been working hard all week mentally and physically preparing for uh, a great team like that. Two great teams going to battle and you lose a tough one like that, especially in front of your home crowd. You know, that's been out there for two weeks straight and, and just all that energy momentum. That's always going to be a tough loss. But at the end of the day, is we're at a now what stage. What are we going to do now? Uh, we're not finna hold our hands, like our heads down, and just pity, self pity. No, we got we got another great team that we're about to go into their home, their home, and play them, and that's a great atmosphere to play in. And I'm excited to play in that atmosphere too, as well. And I know that's gonna be a great team, and I know that they're gonna be ready to play. So we gotta do our job and move on to the next week, and we have to get ready to play. And that's what we're gonna do starting today. We'll go back behind the lights on the right side to Ben. Layden, what do you feel like uh, has been holding you guys back? And short yardage, it seems like especially short yardage run situations. Mm -hmm. What what have you been, I guess, noticing hasn't been getting done at those moments? Uh I really I really don't know what has what hasn't has got us over that hump yet, but we have to find it. Um, that's the main thing, you know, short yardage to red zone, that's a big part of the that's a big part of the game. When you get in that red zone, you have to score. So we have to figure out why we're we're not doing that um this week in practice and we gotta get it right, especially for this week. Any more questions for Layden? We'll go front row on the left side to Cease and then Brent. Layden, you guys have had, had a, a lot of success on true road games recently, the last couple of years. Can you pinpoint anything in the common denominator of why that is? Uh, I can say uh, the reason why we were so successful in the run is just by by doing what our coach tells us to do on a daily, run off the ball, keep a, just doing ordinary things. That's that's why we were so successful in in a run game. Um, you know, in some especially this game, some games we had some that could hit for big runs if we would have just strained a little bit longer. It was just it was just the inches that uh, coach always talks about. That was a big factor in this past game. Okay. It's just, it's just that we have to make sure that we uh, zone out our focus on the road and zone out everything else and just play our game and make sure that that we have the communication. That's a really big part on the road, especially where the fans are going to be rowdy, they're going to be excited too. And especially when we get in the red zone, they're going to be trying to get even louder so that we can't communicate. So the big thing about this week is just keeping our poise and making sure that we listen that we listen to our quarterback, we listen to the calls, we listen to anything check. That's very vital this week. Keep our poise and just focus and make sure we stay focused uh, during every asset of this game. We'll go front row on the right side to Brent and then back to TV row. You all have fourth and one right here uh, late in the third quarter, 17-17. Mm -hmm. Choice was made to punt. But what was y'all's approach in the huddle? Are you saying, hey, let's go forward? Or you just say, hey, we're doing whatever they tell us to do? We're going to do whatever coach tells us to do, and our job is to execute it. Um, that's, that's our role as players. And we're going to make sure, and we believe in and we trust in our coaching staff. So with that being said, we're just going to do anything and everything our coach tells us to do, 100% effort at all times. Is it always the same approach when you have different quarterbacks back there, like with Max Johnson as opposed to Connor Wigman, or is there any mm -hmm. kind of difference besides no. one throwing over here and one over here? 
No, sir, it's always the same approach. Uh, that's that's our job at the end of the day. We have to do what's required, um, uh, no matter whether there's, there's no feelings involved at, at all. It's just making sure that we get our job done and focus and do the best that we can do every single play. No, no, sir. It's not different. It's all the same thing. We'll go back behind the lights on the left side to Donna and then Tyler. Lane and Coach Fisher's talked about it's more about execution as opposed to adjustments. Mm -hmm. So where do you feel like you you guys need to execute better going into this week? We just need to execute better in those key moments. That's that was a big factor this week. Just those key moments. We just we just wasn't able to get it done how we wanted to, um, and those are vital in the game because that's that could change momentum, that could flip momentum, and that's really big, especially when you're playing a great team. So just those key moments of making sure that we do the right thing and do what we were coached to do. We'll stay back behind the lights on the left side to Tyler and then Travis. Yeah. Layden, was there a difference that you noticed offensively from the, the first half and the second half? Uh, no, sir, not at all. It wasn't. It wasn't really a difference. We was calling the same the same things we were calling in the first half. Uh, uh, Alabama just did a great job adjusting, um, and we and we was doing what we normally would do. You know, it was just slowing down at a point. And then this will be the the first time you guys have gone to Tennessee, but in a actually full stadium. Oh, yeah. You know, last time you guys were there was during COVID. Mm -hmm. So, just what what do you anticipate from that atmosphere? Are you you know excited to you know to play in Neyland? I am I am excited because, like you mentioned, the last time we went there was during COVID and it wasn't at full capacity. So now we get to play there when it's at full capacity. And, you know, playing college football, big-time college football, you dream of having moments like this to where you play atmospheres like that just to have that experience and, you know, uh, just do, it, do it all that you can do to come out on top and stuff like that. We'll go front row on the right side to Travis and then Olin. Yeah, I believe the, the analytics said that each one of the starters allowed a sack. Y'all have been good at that throughout most of the, the, the season at not doing that. What, what changed in the Alabama game, do you think, that, that brought a little bit more pressure on the quarterback from y'all? It was, just, it was just, uh, just making sure that we got on twist, bump off twist. That was a real big thing this week. We just didn't get the twist bumped off as cleanly as we wanted to, uh, as we practiced to. But hey, that happens. You know, They're on scholarship too. They make plays too as well. So we, um, we just got to get that fixed, and, we just gotta, and we're going to get that fixed. I know a lot of uh, pressures came from Chase's side as a true freshman. How hard is it to integrate into an offensive line as a true freshman? And is there ever the risk of kind of a, a plateau or, or anything like that midseason when you're uh, stepping up early like that? Uh, you know, it's very, it's very hard as a true freshman. But I know Chase, and I know his mindset, and I, and I know how he attacked things every day. Chase, Chase is not going to let that break him, and I'm not going to let that break him either because he's a great player. And if you look back at the film, he had he has some great plays against him. It's just, um, you know, people tend to notice the ones when he didn't. But, hey, uh, that that happens sometimes, and, and I let him know that I got his back. The offensive line got his back. Our team got his back. Um, and we're, we're going to get through this all as a collective. Um, so uh, in my eyes, you know, he he did his best that he can do. And I know and I know what he's capable of. So this he's gonna come back from this and he's gonna be great. We'll go second row on the right side to Olin and then wrap things up with Brent. Uh Leighton, go back to the uh question of <clears throat> what it takes to, excuse me, what it takes to bounce back. Um do you can, can you sense if any of the guys are uh having difficulty with that? Having a hangover from mm -hmm. from the previous game, and if so, 
as a senior leader, what do you have to do or guys like you have to do to snap them out of that? You know, I, I have no sense of anybody feeling like that at all. I feel like after that, we had everybody on time to stretch and stride the next day. And um, we was ready to work. And I felt that present from everybody in there. Like, hey, we, we let this one get away. But we got another opportunity this week to do something great. And you can just feel that presence. Our team has came so far um, from last season, especially we've came so far um, in the way that we grind and the way that we develop and just going through war uh, with each other. We we know what we could do. We know what we could bring the best out of each other. So we made sure that we didn't hang our heads after this loss and we made sure that, hey, we just got to go back to work. Now, it's, now this is the exciting part. What you going to do now? And uh, also going back to that question of uh, – being able to convert on, especially in the running game on third or fourth and short, mm -hmm. um, what would your response be to those that would question whether you are physical enough as an offensive line? Mm -hmm. uh, I I'll say just look at the tape. I'm, if you really go back and you focus and you look at the tape, you'll see that the transition that we had from last year to this year, and I believe we are a physical offensive line. And just because that one that one play didn't shape up doesn't define us as an offensive line. I just just challenge anybody if you if you really want to question how physical we are front, just go back and look at the tape. We are a physical offensive line, and we take pride in that. Our coach take pride in that, and I take pride in that. We are a physical offensive line. We don't allow anybody not to be physical because that's just not our way. And just because one play happened, that doesn't define us at all. Like one play doesn't define any player. So we just gonna get back to work. All right, that's all we have. Thank you, Layden. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Layden Robinson from Aggie Football Media Day. That wraps up our listen in. When we come back, hour one, we're done. This is the Louis Bolina Show from inside the Charles. Schwab Studio. This is the Louis Bellina Show. Wednesday style? Yeah. In my the Louis Bellina Show presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Someone Service. Two, they're amazing businesses. One, just phenomenal family. Caller 5 now. 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150. Caller 5 now. You'll get a gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue, the home of the Big Chop. And if you follow me on Twitter, L-O-U-I-E-B-1150, Louis B-1150, if you follow The Zone 1150, that's the Twitter, at Zone 1150. If you follow Zone 1150 on Facebook, you knew Today was RenFest Wednesday, thanks to Bud Light. You knew I was going to give away the gift cards to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue. You knew we were going to listen in to Layden Robinson, and you knew at 1230 today, you knew we're going to visit with Alan Ward of Brigadoon Brewery on the Smoothie King Hotline. You know that Astros baseball is tonight, 607 first pitch, 535 pregame, Astros baseball right here on The Zone. Thanks to Kelly Burt Dozer. I like to communicate. I'm the program director of The Zone. Now I'm with you Monday through Friday, 11 to 2, here inside the Charles Schwab studio, right? But life happens outside of 11 to 2. Those are the platforms that I try to communicate. My Twitter, at Louis B 1150 
at Zone1150, the official Twitter account of The Zone, and our Facebook page, Zone1150. We try. Pick one. Follow all three. Whatever works. Communication. Caller 5 right now. You're going to get a gift card to Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue, the home of the Big Chop. I want to share something with you in the time we have left, which isn't much, but... You know, there's these people I partner with. I talk about local and, you know, the Zone and Brian Broadcasting, we're community, we're local. So, you know, the Louis Bellina Show is brought to you by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Here's what I mean by local and community. Superior Auto Service, Superior Auto Service just did a Women in Wheels car care clinic. They just had that October 7th. B&B Automotive, they're doing a women women and wheels car care clinic on October 14th. Like the first 20 people that show up get a gift bag. Everyone gets to enter a raffle for a gift basket. They have refreshments, snacks, kids table will be provided. So B&B Automotive, women and wheels car clinic, Superior Auto Service already did one this month. And Superior Auto Service and B&B Automotive are teaming up for breast cancer awareness. You get free brake pads with any brake service and 10% of brake labor goes to the Pink Alliance. And that's the entire month of October at Superior Auto Service and B&B Automotive Services. These are the people on the Louis Bellina Show across the board. Local, community. They care. The Zone cares. Brian, Brosting, Brian Broadcasting cares. And there's a reason why we all hang out together. I'll be back three minutes and change. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.